in this middle of February. Carl? Yes. How's the blues going? Uh, the blues are playing every other night on a national stage. The game on Thursdays on ESPN. The game next Saturday is going to be on ABC. And we had a game on ESPN Plus. So, and as long as I get to blow the horn as many times as I blew it on Tuesday nights, that was great because it, I blew it seven times, even though we won six to two. Because are you the official horn blower? I am the official horn blower. Yes. Oh my God. I had no idea. This yeah. thumb right here. I also play the music of the games too. I played nothing but love songs. I played nothing oh but gosh, love songs. So I played nothing I but love job. songs. I've had it for a long time. I really enjoy doing it. I played nothing but love songs. And the one that got the most reaction was Love Stinks by Jay Giles. <laughs> because Valentine's Day is not for everybody. That voice you hear is Michael James Reed from St. Louis Actor Studio. They're doing Uncle Vanya. We'll talk to him about that. Around minute 32, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania is out this week. Around minute 41, Sharper on Apple Plus. And then minute 46, Your Place or Mine. And then around minute 52, the Oscars, the awards, and the theater roundup. That person, that other person you're hearing right now is Michael James Reed. Welcome, yeah. Michael. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. The award-winning actor that, Carl, you have seen at the Muni I and I've seen it at the Rep and Variety. Everywhere else? Multiple. Yeah, very versatile because he can play villains and heroes and Shakespeare and be the dad in Mary Poppins. I believe there's a Beach Boy song all about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, to, to talk about Carl's musical genius at the blues games, because I will, uh, I have to toot his horn. Ha. Uh-huh. He, nice. I, see what, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah. He picks the best music in the moment because I was at the, the uh, blues game where they won to get to the Stanley Cup. And we were going to play the Bruins. And so he immediately fired up. I'm shipping up to Boston. I would love to take credit for that, but I, that was a group decision. So I'll accept, I will accept the credit, 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 but I will say that I was not the only one to come up with that. Are you going to play it? Yes. That's what we're going to do. Oh, okay. Well, but he did. And he did get the it. Credit. Take he the did credit. Get a, he did Thank get you. a tweet from Jamie Gunn. Because he played a song from one of those Marvel. I, uh, I no, Marvel it was universe. it was actually DC. It was I oh. played the theme from Peacemaker, and someone's like someone that the blues is watch. And then he and I were conversing, and I invited him to pick all the music next time he came home to see his parents, which is not very often because he flew his parents out to see him go get married. So when James Gunn does come to town. I'll let him play as many songs as he wants. Well, the Gaslight Theater, uh, to segue here into what we're going to talk about, is producing one of the great dramatic works of the 19th century, Uncle Vanya. And that's why we have Michael here, because this is a quite an ambitious project. Michael, who are you in this cast? Uh, I play Dr. Astroff. <gasps> Oh, you're the one that's got a tangled love life. 
Uh, it gets tangled. Yes. Yes. And I'm the one with the mustache. Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, what intrigues me about this, because the St. Louis Actors Studio does exceptional work and gets the best actors and you have quite a dynamic cast, but this is an adaptation by Neil LeBute. So mm -hmm. tell us about what LeBute has done with Chekhov. Um, I think the best thing that LeBute has done with Chekhov is he stayed out of Chekhov's way, uh, <laughs> which I think any good adapter uh, uh, or translator slash adapter is going to do. Uh, um, I don't, you know, it's funny. I was, I was thinking about that. You know, I don't, there's not a large, I think when adapters, you know, I mean like Mammoth did it and Annie Baker did it. Now all sorts of uh, people have uh, playwrights have, throwing their hats into the Chekhov adaptation ring. And really it's the same play. It's, it's, they're all right. They're all basic on the same play. I think what it comes down to is slight nuance, um, word choices um, that they, that they decide to, that they um, kind of focus on. Um, but there's not much of there's, I wouldn't call there's no uh, kind of departure from, from the great play that, that Chekhov wrote, fortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think what he does do, I think what I, what I really appreciate about, uh, his adaptation, um, I'm a big fan of American adaptations of Chekhov and of Ibsen. Um, I think for years, uh, I think kind of the Brits kind of dominated the market, which is fine. And uh, that's what I studied in drama school. And I think when I first kind of got my, um, mouth and head around uh some american adaptations things started to open up for me uh for both of those playwrights um and i think what labute does is he gives it you know kind of he doesn't he gives it like his own labute muscularity in the language and stuff but again it's not i don't think you're going to sit there and think oh this is a labute spin on this play i don't you know I, I don't think again i think you're seeing a really legit production of uncle vanya uh-huh well, over the years, there has been quite a number of adapta adaptations, mm -hmm. and this is the, I like that you use the word muscular, this is as, as uh, intense as it possibly can get, I would think, in the intimate stage, because it is a, a little black box, Carl, but it's intense because you're up close and personal to this gas and it's a pretty large cast for for the gaslight you get you get you get the, you know once you get more than two or three actors on that stage it starts getting <laughs> a little bit crowded so uh <laughs> i've experienced that before but um uh it it works i mean i think it's it's a great opportunity you know uncle vanya's not done a lot um it's a great opportunity for it's a, an amazing opportunity for uh, for me as an actor to get a chance to do the show um, but it's a great opportunity for, you know, for audiences to come and see it. Uh, and I think to see it exactly as you say, on this intimate uh, postage stamp size space, um, I think you could really experience kind of some of the nuances and the emotions that that Chekhov was going for. So, And one of the best directors in town, Anna Marie, uh, Pal is it Pelegi? Pelegi. Pelegi. Yeah, she did I agree. She is. Uh, I've been wanting to work with Anna for a while. 
um, and our paths have not been able to cross. And um, when I saw that she was doing this, um, I got very excited because um, full disclosure, it is my favorite play. I think if I think if I would have to pick one play that is my favorite, um, I would say Uncle Vanya has has been the one that has been on the top of the heap for quite some time. And I've been wanting to work with Anna for a long time, and I've been wanting to work with Anna on checkout. Um, and uh, so it was kind of a dream come true opportunity uh, to do all that. So she's um, she's a she's an amazing acting teacher. Um, and uh, she does for years. She's done a um, uh, scene study with a lot of the kind of uh, adults, professional actors in town. She'll hold that sometimes in the summers. And I hadn't ever been able to attend um, kind of the, the uh, workshops that she would do. Uh, but I have a lot of friends. My partner does it. And uh, and they all come back just uh, spellbound by what she's able to to give them in the room. And um, it's really great to to be under her direction with this show, because I think that this show needs a really strong director. And um, she I, knows stuff. Uh, John Pearson mm-hmm. is part of the cast, and he's also mm-hmm. part of the St. Louis Actors Studio. Um, mm-hmm. Their uh, their team. Uh, and have team. have you ever worked with him before? John Pearson and I have not worked together. No, no, we've been good friends for quite some time. And uh, again, when I saw that he was doing it, I was like, "Oh, Pearson's playing Vanya." That's that's kind of perfect casting, and Anna's directing it. I really wanted to be a part of it. Um, this is a, it's a great. Uh, I was actually just talking about it. Uh, when actor meets role uh, in such a way as Pearson meeting Vanya, I think uh, it's it's a pretty great thing. I think he is he is more than ready uh, to be playing this role right now at this stage in his life. And who's playing the uh, the the professor, the older professor. Uh, Greg Johnston. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's great to work. Yeah, it's great to see Greg again. And uh, he's doing some really great work out there. And uh, I ran into Janelle uh, Gilraith mm-hmm. Owens, who is playing, is Yelena. she playing Yelena? And yes, she was just, she just was raving about the cast. So she is playing the young, beautiful wife as that yeah. fits her to be. <laughs> and, uh, uh, who is playing the professor's daughter Sonia that's Bryn McLaughlin um, who oh. is really 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 I mean the cast across the board is great but Sonia if you don't have a good Sonia in this show uh, you don't really have a show um, and um, it is an extremely um, I don't know I think it's in a really difficult role and um you need to have someone that can really kind of fill some really large shoes emotionally, because I think with what she has, the journey she has to make and then where she has to arrive at the end of the show. Um, and Bryn is, I, you know, she's new to town. Uh, I saw her uh, in uh, the Labute Fest uh, over the summer and she stood out in that. And I think that this is a really talented uh, new young actor in town. And I, I love that um, she's playing this role. I think it's great casting. Yeah, I noticed so, her. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Carl. go ahead, Lynn. No, Lynn, go ahead. Well, Finish I was just going to say, I noticed her too in the Labute, and that was the first time I saw her, and I've seen her since, and she does add a lot to the stage, I think. She's very interesting. You know, this is one of those, those... Pro- 
Uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Michael, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, it's just like, I've had such a great time working on this show and it really is, you know, it's not all shows are like that. You know, I've, I've worked enough that, you know, some shows are jobs and, uh, but this one I've just tried to like soak up and I sit out there, you know, you know, I, I come to every rehearsal and pretty, and, uh, just sitting out in the audience and watching some of these scenes, uh, watching like the Sonia Yelena scene uh, with Janelle and Bryn, uh, watching it kind of come to life and the nuances that they're finding and watching Anna work with these actors. It really is uh, just such a gift um, that I'm really trying to kind of um, savor in as much as I can. And certainly like the next few weeks of our performances, it's just, it's tremendous. Well, it's good that the St. Louis Actors Studio already has this connection with Neil Butte because not only are you is he translating from Russian, but he's also got to translate. You know, we've had two turn of the centuries since Uncle Vanya came out. It was from 1899. So a play this old, you don't want to modernize it, but you don't want you're not. First of all, you're not speaking Russian. And second of all you want to make it timeless as a production because you're not necessarily trying to, you're giving the slice of life, but you want to, you don't want to have four acts of, Oh my gosh, this is old time Russia because there's difficulty in that. Do you think that this adaptation will be good for modern audiences? Again, I kind of go back. I think that that's one of the most remarkable things about this play is I think Chekhov wrote the most modern play and he wrote it in 1899, right? He wrote a play that is still, I think if you were, again, I don't think it needs much of a spin at all. Um, almost every version that I, every production I've seen of this play resonates deeply. I mean, there's a play that is talking about um, the loneliness of, of human existence. Better moments of your life. The backbreaking struggle for existence, um, the isolation, and yet it's so, you know, here we are. He never would have envisioned where we are now, but maybe he did. Um, he writes about, you know, climate change. He writes about the deforestation of, uh, he writes about vegetarianism. I mean, Chekhov was so writing about, I don't, he talks often in the play about how people 100 or 200 years from now will judge us. Astroff uh, talks often about how are we going to be seen? How are we going to be seen? And we're going to be seen as having squandered in many ways an opportunity. And I don't know, there's a lot of people right now that are walking around feeling that exact same way. And I think it's kind of amazing, again, that this play has held up the way it has. Um, I don't, I've never read the original Russian. I mean, I've seen some pretty like, uh, I think that this is as traditional as a production as as it should be. And that yet it's got, again, that kind of like underbelly of, you know, this is written by an American uh, adapta uh, adapter, uh, American playwright who has uh, is a great use of language. Um, and I think that, you know, it's, it always confused me with um, with translations because the playwright, I mean, I assume the way the Labute works is, I mean, I don't, not that I know, I assume he doesn't speak Russian. So he's given like a literal, <laughs> I assume he's given a literal translation right. and then he just kind of picks and chooses. And I think it must be kind of a fascinating experience to do that. One of the things I love doing as an actor when I'm working on Chekhov is, uh, or actually any translation is I like to have multiple translations in front of me when I'm working. So I can see what like Labute zeroed in on 
I could say, oh, he chose this word, and yet I see this word being used in other versions. And I think that's, to me, that's 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 where you start to understand where he's coming from. Um, and I did I did read where he was. He's the first known playwright to mention climate change. Like his his play, that's the first time somebody mentioned it in a in that dramatic context. So yeah, you could say he was ahead of his time. Okay, so if people are didn't ever study it in school or have never seen this, what do you want to tell people to get them to uh, see this? Because our theater landscape right now is is thank thankfully very vibrant and there's many things to choose from so what should people think about coming to this that's a tremendous re responsibility you've given me Lynn. i have to like, <laughs> like pitch the show i've got this great See my idea show a play. here's a play about really depressed people um <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's i noticed my little dog there in the corner um <laughs> Yes, sleeping. He's heard, he, he's heard these lines a lot. He plays a very good <laughs> Uncle Vanya opposite. Um, he's a very grumpy old man over there. Um, I, you know, this is a great opportunity to see one of my favorite play. I think one of the one of the great great plays. Chekhov only wrote five plays, right? That are one other, but are, that are like regularly done. And uh, we don't get the opportunity to to sit in the theater uh, in an, on an intimate level with this playwright often. I think that this production is uh, extremely worthy in the fact that um, it is active production of of Chekhov. Um, these are people that are uh, that are actively looking for hope. Um, I think sometimes people have had experiences with Chekhov or can, I mean, I hope that people walk away with this, um, that they walk away saying, well, that was really depressing. And it is, it is, you know, I think Chekhov, it, is, it, it can be very depressing, but I think that's why I would encourage people to come is, um, I think if you look really closely and really um, uh, commit to the journey of, it's a long play, uh, up to these four acts, um, I think that you're going to hopefully arrive at the end of it with this glimmer of hope that Sonia is able to um, articulate. Um, I think that that can be a real gift for an audience if they're able to make that journey. Um, I think there's some really good actors on that stage. And I think I've looked at the pictures. They look It looks kind of pretty. <laughs> well, I, I don't doubt because Patrick Huber, Patrick Huber does a, a wonderful job with lighting and set. What he does in that yeah. small space is remarkable. Carl, he did the house in Osage, August, in, in Ooh, August, August Osage, Osage County. County. You know, yeah. I love that show. Yeah. I know. And, and it was really remarkable. But uh, what, what I'm looking forward to, to see, because these are acting heavyweights in town and uh, the fireworks will be uh, great to watch. But also when you're an adult and we've just gone through this pandemic, uh, there's a lot of people uh, who are having complicated feelings about regrets and being lonely and isolated and um, desperate because we have people who uh, yearn for others in this and their situations or such thing. And then in fact, uh, the rural estate uh, 
it's going to be sold. And so these people are going to be displaced. So it touches on very familiar themes. And that's why I think this is going to be exciting because it's always interesting to see what's happening inside the Gaslight Theater. And you get to come to the Central West End and support, um, uh, you know, one of the premier theater groups in town. I mean, hats so off to uh, William and, and company for, for producing. It's not a small feat. Um, William is still kind of operating under, uh, you know, still able to use equity actors and still able to do an SPT contract, which is a really big deal for for like a local equity actor. The fact that uh, he's keeping um, he's keeping that alive, uh, which I'm certainly grateful for. Um, and yeah, I, I appreciate his, his courage to be able to like, yeah, we're going to produce Uncle Vanya here and, you know, where a lot of theaters are having to cut back right now and uh, it's a difficult time right now for theaters, and I think uh, you know, hats off to them for for going for it and kind of going big. So, well, if you want to go for it, if you want to go for it and go big, you can go to stlas dot org, St. Louis Actor Studio dot org, and find out. I mean, it opens this weekend and goes all the way till March fifth, but you can get tickets. You can find out what times the shows are, and you can do all that stuff stlas.org right and what's really nice is they have a sunday matinee three which is not your usual time so it's a little bit later and you know what's really good about that we don't then have to do a seven or eight o'clock show because i'm not sure if i would want to climb this mountain twice in one day in one day oh that would to me that would be really really hard because it is intense but well, I you'd just be think- suicidal after the end of the day <laughs> it might be uh, the set that second show might be a little bit uh tricky come out for drinks with the cast as they I'm drink right. their sorrows until they have to do the next show <laughs> yeah so uh have you heard about muni casting yet or uh, do you have to uh, still wait for that I have not heard about Muni casting yet. And uh, if he did, he couldn't tell you. I um, know, Lynn. I can't believe you asked me that. Uh, <laughs> well, I yes, heard that. that I know. Yeah, I heard that they're, they uh, haven't announced anything yet. So, yeah, they, you know, they're pretty, uh, they keep these things pretty close. And then when they announce, they like to be able to be able to like, turn on the valve uh, when they, when they know, I think they'll, they'll know stuff soon. Uh, you know, it's always nice. I usually get a chance to do one or two shows there in the summers. And if that works out this summer, awesome. Awesome. You know? Yeah. Well, you have, I have seen you many, many, many summers there. And then the variety uh, club I heard was going to try to revive. Um, but I don't think anything's set yet. So. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a, it's a, it would be great. I actually was just talking, I, I teach with Lara at the Webster Conservatory and uh, they're doing a little cabaret there right now. So they're starting to kind of perform again. And I think, you know, what's, I think the most important thing is just to keep the kids um, engaged and involved over there. And if that can mean like some creating some theater, uh, that would be awesome. But, you know, that's another one of the kind of the contracts that doesn't exist right now. One of the, one of the shows that, you know, I think is a little, Another casualty of, of the pandemic is the fact that 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 really great experience. I had such an amazing experience doing that show, um, and I'd love I'd love to see it return. But we'll see. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yes, uh, Carl he does teach in town, and he has quite a number of of the students. Um, 
You're always that saying he is sometimes competing for roles. I had, uh, I had the great, um, uh, I got to uh, be the sabbatical replacement for the Chekhov and Ibsen uh, class a couple of years ago at Webster. Uh, I teach at Webster pretty regularly, and but that one was not a regular one in my class. And it was a great opportunity to to try to teach this stuff uh, that I have not for a whole semester that I, um, uh, especially now that I get to try to, a lot of my students are going to come see me do this. So I need to, uh, <laughs> I need to up my game. Yes. Well, you were in a doll's house part two uh-huh. at the rep. He played the jerk husband girl. I'm just saying. Who doesn't like understand. playing the jerk husband? Because then you don't have to be that person in real life. <laughs> You know what was great about that, Lynn, is I got a chance. I I done I played Torvald uh, in the original Doll's House like twenty years before that. So the opportunity to come back to that role twenty years later and um and and a guy I love that spin. I love that spin on that play. I think it's such an interesting uh, piece. I think Lucas Nath is such a really interesting writer. Um, I love that experience. Yeah, so the classics, I think it's just wonderful to reintroduce people to them because uh, they're not in a dusty book. And they no, they're not. Them, you know, I love I love when people do spins on, um, I love when they take these plays and do spins on them too. I, you know, I have, again, I think this is a pretty, like, this is not a spin on Uncle Vanya, but I think um, we were just talking last night, there's this fantastic movie called Drive My Car. Oh, um, yes. Lynn saw it last year several well, times. I, I tried to see it last year. Like, it is three a long, hours and three hours. And Lynn Lynn kept uh, trying to watch it. Yes, it has. It has Vanya as the Vanya is the backdrop to that, yes. to, to the story. And, you know, I loved. I, I don't know if you ever saw Vanya on 42nd Street. I love that. I think, that's a, mm-hmm. I think that's a great version of it. Um, Wallace so, Shawn. Wally Sean, that's great. Yeah. Well, I just think of the Vanya and Sasha and uh, Masha mm-hmm. and Spike because yeah. the comic spin on it is still, it's if you need a laugh, you will just have a fun time with that. But yeah, no. Well, listen, thank you so much. I look forward to seeing uh, you yeah. on stage and uh, I will say that the actor studio is Friday through uh, Friday and Saturday at 8 p.m. And then the next week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's right. Thank so, you. And you can get tickets. You can come to the box office like a half hour before the show opens and get tickets in case you miss doing it at Metro Ticks. Yeah, if you want to avoid Ticketmaster fees or anything. For, you know, I yeah, I think that they're, they're, you can put your name on the list there and you know, avoid that. STLAS.org. Yes. Thank you so much for your time and break a leg. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks. It was great to be able to talk, chat about this. And great to see you. Yes. Thanks, and Michael. Thank you. Thank you. So spring is here and actors are auditioning and everybody's getting callbacks or not and fretting about their work, Carl. So yes. we have a lot of anxious people in town i've been checking with them like did you get called back yet so you know how that is that's a feeling of just waiting and wondering and and what your future is gonna be like 
you know, it's part of the game, isn't it? It's, you know, it's, uh, I teach, uh, I teach auditioning at, uh, at Webster and, you know, I try to get these younger actors to understand that that's, you know, you're only going, it's like, it's, it's worse than being a baseball player, right? If, I mean, if you can bat, you know, 125, you're going to do all right in this business <laughs> at best. And if you bat 125, you're probably doing really well. So, but, uh, um, it's not an easy one. You know, it's not easy to, especially there's, especially with fewer, fewer contracts and fewer jobs. Um, it's, it, it's, you know, it's hard to kind of keep at it, but I couldn't think yeah, of anything Well, that, that's what you, <laughs> you have to do, but yeah, no, I always tell people you can't take it personal because so much is if you have eight bars to sing and you have to create a character, you know, and, uh, I just, I love, I love audition scenes and movies, Carl, and um, to see all that. But yeah, no, the. Um, like the, in Triangle of Sadness? Well, I haven't watched it yet. That's what? one of the. Awesome, Come on. I've seen all 10 now. I even watched All Quiet on the Western Front, and it's very unlike all the other All Quiet on the Western Fronts. I love the original, like silent version or yep. original talky version of that movie. I've actually kind of resisted seeing the. Um, well, this is this the first movie. one done in German. Yeah, and it's the first one that uh, brings back some elements of the book and removes other elements of the book. Like he doesn't go home at all, which is mm. weird. And they changed yeah. the ending of the book. They they add an entire subplot of uh, the the privileged people who were writing the armistice. So that's that was not in the book at all. So mm. you and and they also time it like uh, I'm not giving anything away because you know the book and every version of the movie has been out for a hundred years now. Um, they they time the end of the book to the end of the war, like by minutes and seconds. And so if you know how the book or the other movies end, yeah. you it just adds another level of despair how war is horrible. Oh, yeah. Well, they're so young in this movie. They're so oh. young. And it's very depressing as the mother of sons uh, because these boys just... But his mother's not in the movie. Book. I know, but, you know, it just see that level of horribleness that they have to experience. But the documentary that Peter Jackson uh, made is really a wonderful um, companion piece about World War One because we don't know much about World War One. It's the Great War, Lynn. It's amazing I, that I, I'm, I've always been a little obsessed with World War One and the, 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 the concept of trench warfare, just like, I just, whenever I watch those movies and you have this visceral, visceral reaction to like, how on earth would I have behaved in that situation? Right. I just, I can't even imagine it. There's a great uh, museum in Kansas city, the world war one museum there. That's extraordinary. Oh, that's right. That's really, really good. Yeah. Well, let's talk, Lynn, let's move on and talk about something else depressing, which is okay. the 31st movie in the Marvel cinematic universe. People it's have asked me, yes, it's the 31st Ant-Man and the wasp quantum mania. So I missed it. And yeah, you're fine. And that's what everybody's telling me. But how it is, is the first it's the first movie of phase five. 
And people have asked me, uh, do I need to have seen Ant-Man and the Wasp? And I say, eh, not really. What you need to, because, you know, this is movie 31. So there's a whole bunch of homework that needs to be done if you want to follow along, because this is Ant-Man 3. Now, Lynn, oh, you look you look very upset because you didn't because think you had homework. Like having, yeah, I don't like having to do homework when I go see a Marvel movie. I'm sorry. What? But you you've seen Ant-Man. Exactly. Ant-Man's Ant fun. And then the second one's like, eh, it's not as bad as you remember it. But still. But, but the problem with Ant-Man was you'd already seen the snap and infinity war the ant-man and the wasp happened like when you didn't know when what was going to happen with endgame so in the blip yes the blip or the snap but yes in mcu they're calling it the blip so with this one this is the beginning of phase five and what you have need what you need to have seen before this is loki season one oh, God. because this introduces Kang and the Conqueror before that in the end of Loki season one, not to give, this is not spoilery, but Jonathan majors played a character called the one who remains. And if you don't know who the one who remains is, he becomes Kang and the Conqueror because Loki dealt with all a bunch of variants. And there are a lot of variants of Jonathan majors character. And this one is trapped in the quantum realm and has hung out with Janet Van Dyne because we only saw the quantum realm briefly in Ant-Man. And that was the main focus of Ant-Man and the Wasp getting Janet Van Dyne, Michelle Pfeiffer out of the quantum realm. And I didn't think that they had to build very many practical sets on this. In fact, the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie is in our world. The middle of the movie, which, by the way, I will say is the movie is only two hours and five minutes. But and the real stuff ends at like one fifty five. And then you have to sit through 10 minutes of credits to watch two amazing scenes, which are probably better than anything else in the movie. But everything else is screen because it's in the quantum realm, because as I was saying to Jake from Y98, it's all green screen. He's like, what do you think they were going to make a practical version of the quantum realm that they could shoot? No, it, this is uh, the MCU. It has more green screen than Thor Ragnarok and more green screen than any of the guardians of the galaxy movies, because the quantum realm is not there. So because is Jonathan Majors good as Kang? Jonathan Majors is well he's he's actually playing a different variant of the character that we already saw. He's good in the movie, but also I wanted the I wanted more from the the Ant-Man movies were supposed to be fun. They you took the first Ant-Man movie was a breather from everything that had just gone on with the Avengers and Age of Ultron and all that. That you had Ant-Man right before Civil War when everything start, started to get weird. And Ant-Man was the breather. And then that was the breather between uh, Infinity War and Endgame, even though you had Captain Marvel in there. This one is starting off Phase 5. So you you want I wanted some continuity. And Michael Pena, T.I., and David... Uh, Darth, the German guy, he's yeah. he they're not in this. The comic relief of the guys aren't in this and neither is Bar Bobby Carnival nor Judy Greer. So I am like, ah, those were some of the best parts of those movies. And so 
Yes, I, the last I, one was very jaunty. It was very Ant jaunty. Man and the Wasp. Yeah, even though it was back and forth with sizes all the time. Well, Remember, one of my they favorite were big, they were one little, of my favorite things. I, I want to start with some positive move, uh, positive things about the movie. Um, the word quantum mania has the word Ant Man in it, which they don't reveal that until the end of the film. They have a great graphic, and it's a and you see Ant Man pop up, and then Quantum Mania just like goes. They should they should be doing that everywhere because I think that is really clever, and you need some cleverness in this movie because it's dumb. Uh, Jonathan Majors is good, and also uh, Catherine Newton plays Cassie. She, they've aged her up because of the blip and the whole thing because you know she's five years older. Because Scott, even though Scott's not five years older because he was in the quantum realm which was five hours for him and five years for everyone else also William Jackson Harper has a small part and he's really funny he's really funny in a lot of things he's a he's about as funny as he was on the good place and it's a small part but he is really good in this movie there are a whole bunch of other since once again I'm saying this is movie 31 there are a lot of things that you can see from other Marvel movies. As I already mentioned, you have the whole uh, Thor Ragnarok it, that has elements of that because for a long time, each Marvel movie was something like the Ant-Man movie was the heist movie and the guardians of the galaxy was the prison break movie. And the one was a caper. Well, I guess Ant-Man was a caper also, but you know what I meant? This right. was, now, since there are so many of them and so many television shows, they are all borrowing from each other. And for like, this seems like it's not really advancing the story. In fact, Paul Rudd has this scene back in the real world at the end. Did what we do matter or have I just killed everybody? He's thinking as he's doing his voiceover walking down the street, what the audience is thinking. Did this really matter? Does it do I need to see this movie to get to the next one? And the next movie is Guardians of the Galaxies Volume Three, and then Secret Invasion's coming out, and then we have uh the Marvels. So you're just thinking ahead. And our buddy Max said if he was doing a watch through and skipping movies, he'd skip this one. Yeah, he told me it didn't matter if I wanted to see it or not, but also is this a sign of superhero fatigue? Well, I read that article in the Hollywood <laughs> Reporter today that Disney's thinking of stop slowing down both Star Wars and Marvel because it's too much content, even though they're making a ton of money. So and more checkoff now, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, there's a checkoff's gun in this at the very beginning. I'm like, oh, well, that's gonna come back later. And it does because they they I mean the Chekhov's gun trope is at least they're using it. If they're gonna have something in the plot, make sure it's useful to the plot. Any other questions to from either of you that I can vaguely answer without giving because a lot of people are gonna see this movie this weekend. Well, I'm excited for Jonathan Majors because I really think he is quite a talent and he's playing a little bit more complicated roles for yes. everybody who goes, Oh, I don't know who that guy is. I'm like, well, you're going to you see do. him a lot and you have seen him. Yeah. When he hosted well, SNL, saw... people were right. like, who is this guy? 
Well, you just saw like, he was he was in that uh, uh, flying Air Force yeah, movie, right? Divorce, devotion. Right. Is that devotion. Yeah. No, he's good. He's got some great scenes in that. But he was in Defy Bloods. He plays Delroy Lindo's uh, son. Son, and yes. he was the first movie I saw him in was The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which is a highly underrated film. And that's a 24, I think. So but I have to. Um, well, he's going to make a lot more money from all of more well, than. Reed. <laughs> yeah. Right. And Peyton Reed. I mean, it's that's a talk about directing. To direct. A movie that is 99% green screen. Uh, let's all right. Max and I argued about this. I said it was probably 90. And then he said, fine, 93. But they have it, a lot it is, of insects in this too, right? See, I don't like all the little feelings. Well, it's, it's a lot of Star Wars bar. Honestly, it's more uh, otherworldly than both Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Because they've, they've turned the quantum realm into like... Tatooine, Moss Eisley Cantina. Oh, huh, hmm. Huh. A lot, a lot of, a lot of. Some, some people got paid some money. I was going to say a lot of money, but we both know Marvel doesn't pay very well. That they made a lot of creatures in this movie. You know why? Hmm. Because uh, Marvel and Disney are hesitant to kill humans. So if you have uh, aliens. Those don't count as humans. And so they can be slaughtered at will. Okay. All righty. Well, I have an, ex <laughs> I have an interesting film that okay. premieres on Apple TV and it's kind of mammoth, like David Mamet, a, a stylish thriller from like the 80s. Like Vanya on 42nd street. Yeah. And it's called Sharper. And it is okay. an Apple original, so but it's an A24. So it has, uh, I love a good uh, mystery, and it might not be airtight when you go back, but I really enjoyed it. It's con artists bilking millionaires in New York City. And that there's fun. Yeah, there's four characters that are interconnected. And I can't say much about the plot because then it ruins it. But the cast is Julianne Moore. I saw that. Sebastian Stan, who, speaking of Marvel superheroes, what? he really picks out some interesting projects when he's not in the MCU. Yes, he does. So he is a psychopath here. <laughs> or, well, sociopath. I would say he's so sweet. but he's named Max and he's quite a complicated character. And then we have uh, two up and comers, Justice Smith and Brianna Middleton. And if uh, she's going to have, uh, I just saw that she's going to have her own TV series on streaming, but she played the girlfriend of JR in Tender Bar, the one with the super rich parents. Okay. And, and uh, so she, plays uh so they set up the whole mark system in the beginning uh tom played by justice smith he is a, a sympathetic uh guy he works at a rare bookstore and she comes in as a grad student and they bond over old books and we go from there but it's really twisty turny 
And uh, the guy who directed it, uh, I just totally forgot his name. I think it's uh, Karan. He won an Emmy for The Crown. Okay. So he is pretty familiar with all that kind of intrigue. And then the writers, what's so interesting is they both wrote for the NBC TV series Superstore. Oh, and uh, are they involved in American Auto as well? Mm, no. Uh, Benjamin, so they wrote, yeah. Benjamin Caron. Yeah, Benjamin Caron is the director, and then the writers are the the two writers. It's two the guys. The writers are Brian Gatewood, Alessandro Tanaka. No. Yeah, no. I think yeah. they've really crafted. I mean, I was I was hooked into the whole thing. And uh, it's twisty, turny. It's really fun. It's uh, uh, John Lithgow has a small part where he plays a billionaire who's married to Julianne Moore, who knows how to. She's probably the most deceitful person in it, but she's I Julianne. Like I know, and so it's good to see her because you see the wheels turning how she's trying to do this scam and and it's very it's very good the so, trailers look the trailers look really good for that i'll have to add that yeah yeah you you can't give very much away because yeah uh you're just gonna ruin it so i i enjoyed it thoroughly i was kept off guard and uh i just think it's it's fun to at this time, it's kind of reminded me of like we're going like Ryan Johnson's work with uh, the Knives Out franchise. And then now mm -hmm. he's doing the Poker Face franchise. We're getting right. back to those old school kind of uh, thrillers that remember in like the 80s and 90s, we'd have a movie with a, a stack. They'd stack the cast and yeah. then they just they just had a ball in yeah. some sort of mystery. You know, we we had a lot of that back then. I like mysteries. Mysteries are good. I know. And this one keeps you on your toes. And it's, it's interesting because um, you, d you don't know who to trust. You don't know who to believe. You're just trying to figure out. Um, but it's 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 good. I'm not I gave it a B plus. So I think that's pretty good. B plus yeah. is good. Yes. So, because I've just been that, but there's a bunch of uh, streaming going on now, and I'm trying to, uh, I'm late to the rom-coms. I just got done with the Reese Witherspoon, Ashton Kutcher one that, oh, man. What is that one called? It's called Your Place or Mine. Oh, why would you watch that? Oh. <laughs> Because I, I have to talk about it on the Wendy and Jennifer show because we're girls. And I'm going to be uh, live from the Working Woman's show tomorrow. Working Woman's Survival Show. Yes, that's right. Survival. And I'm going to survive the St. Charles Arena. Try to get All in right, there. So, but, but that's not the question. The question was, is that movie a Hallmark movie? Or is it... it, it or? To put it plainly, is it everything you thought it would be? No. And I thought it worse, was going to be worse. No, I, or, yeah, I thought it was going to be better because it was directed by Eileen Brosh McKenna, who wrote 
the Devil Wears Prada. Oh. And 27 Dresses and other rom-coms. This is her first directorial debut. But Reese Witherspoon is doing the same character that she does in rom-coms. Ashton Kutcher is actually pretty good. But these people are like not in the real world. But the best person in the movie is Jesse Williams. Star uh, from Grey's Anatomy. Of, from Grey's Anatomy and mm -hmm. from Take Me Out on Broadway. And he's going to mm -hmm. be in Only Murders in the Building. So so he plays. How's, how's Tig? How's Tig Nataro? She's good. Yeah, she's good. She's hilarious. She plays one of Reese's friends who's always giving her advice. And it's really funny. And okay. she's a mom in it. And she's not a really good mom. <laughs> wow. she's, she's like talking about her kids. And she goes, they're always asking to eat. And, and, and Reese is like, well, I, she goes, well, I don't feed them very much. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but she works in the same school. And then Steve Zahn plays a quirky neighbor. And you're just like, oh, and then Ashton Kutcher's got quirky girlfriends. And it's all these people that just don't exist in real life. It's just they are exist in movies. Mm. So, and then the, Zoe Chow's in it. Yeah. So it's a waste of time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you it's know. great. It's a great waste of time. Yeah, no. But I got to see the, the Dave Franco, Allison Brie one. That is They're married. I know. And this is about a oh, TV producer goes back to her hometown. It sounds very hallmarky. She very goes back Hallmark to her home. Movie. She goes back to her hometown after some work incident and she's rethinking her life. But then she sees a younger woman who has the same fire and passion for her job that she used to. So she's reevaluating things in her life so that sounded kind of interesting i just haven't you know haven't gotten to that yet but anything else going on that uh i have forgotten about because we're kind of in a lull right now now hold on a second dave franco's not in the movie oh really no he just wrote it and directed it oh allison brie and jay ellis okay uh, it's hmm. called somebody i used to know on Amazon. Okay. That's and the I'm title. not and I'm using not going song to titles. It. You know when I think about movies that use song titles. Well, the yeah. Well, if I'm watching anything on Amazon, I'm watching the the Legend of Vos Machina. That is what I need to catch up on. Season okay. two. Well, if you, you don't know what that is, that's okay. No. It's by the critical role people. You don't know well, what that is either. No, so it, I don't. Um I was they they play you. they play Dungeons and Dragons and record their episodes and make them into podcasts and then they make those podcasts into uh, television series. That's already making my head hurt. <laughs> <laughs> when my there is child a turned me on to it and I'm going to watch season two when I hang out with my kid this weekend. Well, if you watch the Super Bowl and saw all the movie uh, previews. Uh, no, why, okay, first of all, why would you do that? Because every single one said, go online and see the full version of the trailer. I'm like, okay, well, then I don't have to watch your commercial then. I know. But I did think Air looked promising. Yes, and Indy 5. And are you? will you put aside your 
biases and see the flash. Yes, I will. If they screen it to us, because they're not going to screen, they're not going to screen Shazam two for us. No, but the thing about the flash, both Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck are Batman. Yes. So uh, I had to explain this on the radio several times because it is a, they're doing Flashpoint, which was a very famous Flash uh, story arc. Barry Allen goes back in the past to save a life and screws up everything and makes a multiverse. And it's not, it's very famous. It's called Flashpoint. You can, if you dig into Flashpoint on Wikipedia, you'll be gone for hours. Okay. Well, you got to want to wish Ezra Miller the best and that he. Do you, though? Do you really have to wish him the best? Well, you you just always hope people get their lives figured out because that was yes. such a meltdown. I, I, I do hope he gets his life together. Um, all right, Lynn, let me take that uh, and give you the flip test. What do you think of Army Hammer getting his life together? Well, yeah, that's a. Mm-hmm. Okay, see? Yes, see, see I know. So, so it. Some There's for degrees. some and not for others. Okay. Well, you know, there... his ex-wife is going to host a reality show about failed, uh, failed relationships. I know. A little on but I nose. saw that all of a sudden he's wow. on his apology tour and I'm like, oh, God. So, yeah, I did not see that documentary about because it's just too creepy. But yes. um, moving on to Oscars, I wanted to mention that. That you have not seen Triangle of Sadness yet. Yes. <laughs> okay. We know. Nor I got to pony up the dofer to Leslie because yeah. that came it's out. the only way to do it. Okay, so they had the big Oscar picture of everybody. And guess who wasn't there? She wasn't there. She didn't show. Oh. She's oh. filming something else because she, you know, when she took another job, she's like, I'm not going to get nominated for an Oscar. So she wasn't. Andrea Riceborough was not at that picture with all of the Oscar nominees. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, the Screen Actors Guild Awards are coming on February 26th. Um, Michael, do you vote in that? Are you are you say so you get to you get to yeah. be a decision maker? A decision maker. What's really fun is every few years you get to be on the not uh, you are in the nominating committee, so then you get really lots of lots of things come in the mail. Uh, but yeah, we just got all the screeners the other day and all the codes to to start streaming stuff that we haven't already seen. So yeah, it's fun. Do you have a Do you have a copy of Two Leslie for Linda watch? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's six ninety nine on Amazon, so I got to use one of my gifts. Support cards. independent film, Lynn. Just I know. Well, an, another another thing is uh, the Screen Actors Guild. Okay, so my favorite female performance of the year was Daniel Detweiler in Till. And she got snubbed by the Oscars. But she's nominated for Screen Actors Guild. Yes. And those are actors. So and so th- she might win or it might go to Kate Blanchett again. Or Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. But I just think it's weird that SAG has got nominations that the Oscars do not. And that's the same branch, the the acting branch of the Oscars, thirteen hundred. They they nominate the acting. Yes. Now everybody gets to vote on the whole thing and the whole complicated system with points and everything. That just I it's don't understand. It's called rank choice voting. 
Okay, so on your Oscar ballot, March 12th, the ringers are always the shorts. Documentary short, live action short, animated short. That's those so, would get you. That's those would bust your thing at the party. Right. So I try to make it a point to see all of them. And many are available online. And if you go to YouTube, you can see some of them. But Cinema or, St. Louis is starting right. this weekend at the high point backlot. They are going to be showing all the live action documentary shorts and animated short nominations. So you can pick which categories to go to. And they, if you go to the cinemastlouis.org, you can see the schedule. And what's great is they're going to have movies on Monday, President's Day. Ooh, that's good. Because people will be off school and work. Yeah. Have you seen the animated one that every, everybody's getting the big buzz? The one on, it's got the four animals. The horse, the fox, the mole, that one. Everybody's raving about it. The one that's oh, on, a, it's on Apple TV. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the book. So is it really cool? It is. It's a beautiful. It's, the book is beautiful, and the illustrations are beautiful. And it looks like the uh, – I haven't seen the the, – the, the, um, the short? The short of it, yeah, but I, I, I'd, li- I'd love to because I love the book. So. Uh-huh. So I'm excited to that because it does make a difference. And I don't think Pixar has anything in nominated this year, do they, Carl? Um, I don't think so. Wait because a minute. Yeah, they do. They do. Oscar, uh, give me a second. It will come to me because they're, they did something before Turning Red. But turning Okay, red that's is- what I was going to ask. Was it before Turning Red? Mm-hmm. Is it by one of the women nominees? I, I believe so. Okay. So anyway, go to Cinema St. Louis, support local thing. And it's so wonderful that they're using the high point. And they're going to yes. have Stay Amen Somebody this weekend as part of the their uh, programming for Black History Month. And one of the singers involved is local. So they're going to be there. So for more information on them, and speaking of Apple TV+, they just announced that Ted Lasso returns on March 15th. On so. Wednesdays this year. So you have to keep your Apple Plus subscription all the way through May. Yeah. Well, that, that commercial is so awesome. Because it shows everybody's personality with their belief sign. And Roy Kent has it really tiny and he growls. And I just love that character. <laughs> so it's interesting to see what will happen. All right, I, I I I have an update here. Uh, there is not a Pixar short. So the Drop. the five films are an ostrich told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. Um, that's not that is not Pixar. Uh, My Year of Dicks is not a Pixar film. Uh, Ice Merchants is Portuguese, not a Pixar film. The Flying Sailor is not a Pixar film and the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse is Apple TV. As we just found out. Uh Uh-huh. So along with your St. Louis theater uh, circle award for, for uh, a midsummer night's dream. I see it. 
I see it. And I have there, I have there, I have my diploma, and I have my favorite thing over there, which is my one cent residual check. Oh wow! Oh, that costs awesome. more to print it than to cash it. Exactly. So I thought I would keep it just to. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's like when I worked at the St. Louis Globe Democrat, and we had bounced paychecks. We kept them, and we compared at our bankruptcy uh, settlement party. Mm. <laughs> but uh, but we had. I wish I would have kept all of that. But anyway, that's a whole another story for another time. But speaking of the theater circle. Um, I was presenting your award that night, but you, like a good dad, were at your daughter's school function. Nice. So I, so I had to take and say, you know, or maybe, or I can't even remember who accepted for you. I think, I think Steve did. Uh, I think Steve will. Maybe Steve yeah. Will. yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he said that, that you were at Ivy's thing. So, but anyway, I was, I was supposed to give it that one, but that was a wonderful performance. And, and I'm so happy. And I have uh, I've loved watching your work over the years. And St. Louis Shakespeare Festival, Carl. You've seen him in that. I have been there. I've, I've not missed one for many a decade. I've done quite a few of those. Yeah. 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 He was Juliet's dad. That's right. Recently. Yeah. Yeah. In the hybrid one where they had the I modern and the. Yeah. Yeah. I was so, there. Anyway, we're going to have a good year of the circle returns on April 3rd and we announced our nominations and they're quite spread out over lots of different groups. So we're excited about that. So we are live for the first time since 2019. I know. That's exciting. It is very exciting. And were you in Sweeney Todd? I was not. I was in the audience for Sweeney Todd. Oh. <laughs> he was yeah. part of the pie. Part of the pie. I was not playing this. I love seeing it. I wish they had a better chair. Yeah, that's what so many people said that. Like what they that. could. Yeah. Like what happened there? It's like, where's the muni magic? No, I just it was like, I, just, <laughs> I was confused why the chair was the way it was. But I know there has to be a backstory about it. I, yes, I, yes, I, I'm sure there is, but uh, it was great to hear that score, though. It was great to hear Ben sing that, that that role and stuff. So that was that music. The first couple notes, you were just like, "Oh my god, this was... is so good!" And that, and they just announced the Muni just announced their creative teams. Yes, I saw. I got that email today. Yeah, so Rob, who directed that, is directing uh, West Side. So I know, and he is pretty brilliant i've so. done like eight shows with him i knew rob ruggiero when he was 22 years old we did our first show together and then it was fun then i came back when i moved to st louis all of a sudden he was directing at the muni i hadn't seen him for many many years and it was kind of great to 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 re-up with him so that's awesome i uh remember running into him at the kathleen turner uh, yeah one uh -huh. yeah and i introduced myself to, i said your take me out was the best thing I ever saw at the, at the, at the, Oh my God, that was so good. And uh, because I just knew him as a, as that director. And then he started doing the uh, Muni and Oh my God, he, his, he just deconstructs everything so brilliantly. You know, what Rob does at the Muni that I, most other directors don't have don't think they have the time to do is he does a um he does table work 
because oh, you, wow. you only have 11 days to rehearse. And so the idea of sitting around a table and like kind of talking about the scenes and stuff doesn't seem to be the best use of time. But he, uh, in almost every rehearsal I've done with him, he sets apart, he has at least the first day, if not the second day of table work, um, which makes a huge difference, I think. And uh, it means when we get on our feet, we kind of know a little bit more what we're doing. But uh, he is he is definitely kind of a little bit of a different director there. It's terrific. Oh, that's good to know. He's doing West Side Story. Yeah. Yeah. So I have high standards. <laughs> As everybody knows from reading my recent Sondheim review, so I'm looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, uh, well, we'll see. I'm looking forward to West Side Story. I love that. Sitting in the sits probe for West Side Story when I, I did it uh, there six years ago was like one of the highlights of uh, of many many years. To like to hear the full orchestra play that score was extraordinary. And that cast was so good. Uh, the um... Was it Ali Ewald that was uh, Maria and then Kyle? Wow. He, Look at you. Yeah. Great memory. Kyle, what's his name? Oh, yeah, Kyle, because he was he was Pippin. That's right. On he Broadway. Went on. And uh, he was Tony. And oh, my God. And then Riff, which was Curtis Holbrook, which a uh, whole other story there. But he was, it was so brilliant when they did Cool. It was just magical. Yeah, yeah, and it was, and, and uh, the set design. Yeah, it won our the boom, yeah. The boom stripped down. Gordon Greenberg directed it. It was that was a really fun production to be a part of. I really and the woman play, I can't remember the woman who played Anita, but she was amazing. She had done the the revival on Broadway, and um, um, I remember her saying that she was so excited to do this production of it because she said she didn't have like the greatest experience doing the revival. And so this was an opportunity for her to have a different experience. And she was just unbelievable. So yeah. Incredible. That 2013 Muni one is the gold standard to me of all of the West Side stories, but we move on. So Michael, it was so wonderful to say, do you have a movie or TV show that you are seeing to recommend to everybody? Whenever I go into rehearsal, time. I like my I I I I'm not able to watch as many things. So we've just been watching Last of Us, um, and uh, that's been pretty fun. Uh, fun, I guess to watch. <laughs> I hear. Depressing I, also. I, 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 I know, going in to do Uncle Vanya while after watching Last of Us, that is, yeah. uh, it's that's, it's thematically the same, right? It surprised me. It's it's really surprised me how much I enjoyed in that, especially that that third episode with Nick Offerman was pretty kind yeah. of ordinary little departure and unexpected and kind of perfect television. But um, I watched that and I watched Southside, which is uh, our little twenty minute comedy we watch on HBO Max. So, which is hysterical um, comedy. And I, also, I just... Party Down comes back next week on Stars. Oh, wow. Oh, did I just shock you? Did you not know that? I knew it was come back, but I didn't know when. I didn't it's know next it week, started. and Lizzie Kaplan won't be on, so you get Jane Lynch and Megan Mullally. Oh, wow. Well, John Oliver oh. returns this Sunday. Yeah, yes, he does. And so, Succession, Succession's coming in the middle of the month as well. So I Succession get- and Yellow Jackets will be on at the same time. Succession's my favorite. Yes, we know. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I got to get caught up on on the last one. So I was with a couple chefs yesterday, and they were all talking about the menu. 
they have all fallen in love with the menu movie. So because they want to make cheeseburgers. (laughs) But uh, they are, uh, which is on uh, HBO Max. So I've been telling everybody you got to see it. Mm. And Pig is on Hulu. So that's a very chefy movie. So uh, because the chefs don't have time to watch TV. Or they're watching The Bear. Which is also about chefs. Pretty great. Which is also nominated for SAGs. So, well, this weekend, everybody have a wonderful weekend. Go see a play and head yes. to the Gaslight Theater and support local, alive, vibrant theater. Pretty awesome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for supporting uh, local theater the way that you all do. And thank you for doing this, of uh, you know, giving this. Uh, I think it's awesome uh, and and much needed. So much appreciated. Well, thank you S-T-L-A-S. so much. org, St. Louis Actors Studio. Thank you, Michael. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks very much. Bye, everyone. Uh, find, follow Lynn, Pop Life STL. You oh, can yeah. follow me at underscore Carl the Intern, Instagram and Twitter. And Have a good week. Uh, I'll be at KTRS, the Working Women's Survival Show on Friday with Jennifer and Wendy. Lucky you. Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend. Stay safe and warm. Right. Bye. Great to see you, too. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Michael. And thank you're you. a busy guy, so thank you. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. Take no care. Problem. Thanks. Bye.